Moms, the show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom. Moms should get more credit. Back when I became a mom, I realized people thought my former career in TV news was more important than my motherhood. But that's backward because moms are raising that next generation and the world depends on us to do it well. So moms, this is your time to sit back, relax, and let Channel Mom cheer you on and equip you in your job as a mom because you're doing some of the most important work on the planet. Channel Mom, we encourage moms. Now, here's your host, Jenny Dean Schmidt. Oh, hello. My name is Jenny and this is Channel Mom where we encourage moms because The world sometimes forgets to, forgets to thank you, honor you, and all of that. We focus on your amazing value as a mother in this world. All right, could you use some inspiration to help you get through the really hard times? Or maybe you just need some strength or some hope in your life. We can offer you all of that today. Michelle Couchat, my friend, is in the house. She has been through cancer three times. A blended family with three boys, adoption of three more children, a lot of threes in your life, and a story you will never, ever forget. Michelle is one of the moms who shared her best mothering secret in my book, Mom, You're Amazing. And today, she's going to share that secret, plus how she overcame fear, sickness, divorce, child-rearing struggles, and so much more. You need to hear her story. It will inspire you and help you as a mom. That's coming up on Channel Mom. Are you a mom feeling overwhelmed? Let me tell you about a homeschooling mom from Montana. Tessa felt paralyzed until she discovered a drink called Happy Juice, a combination of three products, one for gut brain health, one for metabolism and mood, and a final powerhouse ingredient to increase productivity. With Happy Juice, Tessa's life went from paralysis to productive. Clinical studies report a 50% decrease in depression with Happy Juice. Learn more by texting HAPPY to 720-784-LOVE. That's 720-784-LOVE. The abortion rate continues to increase in Colorado, but there is still hope. For 40 years, the Compassionate Care Team at Alternatives Pregnancy Center has come alongside teens and adults who feel like abortion is their only choice. Alternatives lets them know they're not alone. Through advocacy, resources, and mentoring, Alternatives Pregnancy Center moves people from a place of suffering to thriving. You can be part of the solution by giving just $10 to provide life-saving medical and counseling services. Give today at youhavealternatives.org slash donate. Channel Mom with Jenny Dean Schmidt. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I hope you've tuned in for a reason today. I really do. My hope always, my prayer always is that the show is a blessing to you and that I have guests on that you really needed to hear from a quick shout out to our friends who listen to our podcast you guys i'm really excited our podcast numbers have gone way up but not because of me (laughs) because of the fabulous guests we've had on recently who are very popular um so thank you for listening to the podcast i i'd be honored if you would share it just share it if you like an interview share it with somebody else we're wherever you can find you know, your favorite podcasts, all the platforms, you can find us there. Okay, uh, we just went on iHeartRadio. We hadn't been on that one before, and we're now on there. A shout-out to the moms as well across the country who listen to us and all the radio markets uh, from Oregon to Nebraska to Oklahoma, Montana, uh, South Carolina, I think we're in now, Idaho, Colorado Springs, Illinois, Kansas, and right here in Denver, Colorado, and the folks in Colorado Springs as well. So we're welcome to you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, and then a, a quick 
added note to our sponsors. We part of the reason we're on the air is because of sponsors and donors like you who give to Channel Mom and give to our nonprofit so that we can stay on the air and serve you. And I'm very grateful to those folks. You can also help one of our sponsors. You have alternatives.org. Just go there and you can do- donate to them. You have alternatives.org or our other sponsor, if you want to uh, try that happy juice, it's nothing awful. It's really good for you. Uh, just text happy to 720-784-LOVE, 720-784-LOVE. All right, here we go. Today's fabulous guest, and she is a friend. It's been, <laughs> we just we tried to catch up in like three minutes, three years, uh, three years of time, and we couldn't do it. But uh, let's tell people about your life in numbers. Michelle, you are a mother of six. You've gone through three bouts of cancer. You have written four books. So first it's six, three, and four. Your mother of six, three bouts of cancer. You've written four books and you had an impressive, very impressive 148 careers. And I'm maybe not exaggerating. <laughs> you, that's that's what I I'm came e- up with. I'm exhausted. <laughs> well, come on, you've had a lot of careers. You have, have. If you have to keep drinking water. I see that you're maybe choking over there. You've been a nurse, a popular podcast host, a consultant, an executive, a mom, and you you could name like at least a few more. Yes, true. I was a piano teacher. P- oh, there you go. What the heck, girl? <laughs> I think it would be shorter uh, a shorter list if we told people the careers you have not had. Yes, yes, absolutely true. <laughs> okay. So welcome back to Channel Mom, my dear friend, Yay. Michelle Cushat. I'm so glad to be here. When I walked in today, I'm like, oh, it's like coming home. I've been here before. <laughs> yes, you have. Multiple times, and it's so good to see you. Well, thank you. It's good to see you, too. You're a fan. I'm a fan. I'm just announcing to you that you're a fan of me. Yeah, well, I am. I mean, I am. That's prophetic. <laughs> okay, so you're. A, I'm a fan, and I'm a friend. But also, you've changed my life. Mm. And it's because of what you have taught me about fear and pain and what God does with it mm. and the way in which you've been willing to embrace it. And... That is why I wanted to reshare your lesson today. I do want to tell people that you've you've written four books. Undone is the one that I'm most familiar with, Mm -hmm. but you got a brand new book called A Faith That Will Not Fail and The Practice of Prayer. I know a lot of moms are going to be interested in that. We're going to tell moms how to find you at the end of this interview. But today we're talking about your interview in my book, Mom, You're Amazing. I'm doing this because we're almost at Mother's Day. Just (laughs) Well, depending on when people are playing the show, it's right around the corner. We're almost at Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all you precious moms. You deserve so much more than just that greeting. But the book is Mom, You're Amazing, Changing the World One Life at a Time. Almost couldn't say my own book title. I'm going to read from my intro to you. I interviewed interviewed seven moms and then also told my own story. Mm -hmm. Um, And you are one of my interviews because I think you have a life-changing mothering story. You give your best mothering tip at the end Mm -hmm. of the chapter. But this is Michelle Couchat's chapter in my book, Mom, You're Amazing. Facing the fear. Michelle has had cancer three times. People are drawn to her life story because of what she's overcome. There's actually something train wreckish about Michelle's story. You just have to stop and stare or listen to her halting speech, evidence of what she's gone through. If you want to be assured that worst case scenarios can build your faith and grow your family, listen to Michelle's story. Hmm. Now, you don't really have halting speech. Like, you've learned how to to work through... What, what you've gone through with your tongue, which we'll get to in a minute. But, but of um, course, I was just coughing a moment ago because that's the reality of I, I live with a 
permanent chronic physical disability. So yeah, it makes you coughing, cough. choking. Yeah, speech is difficult for me. So yeah. it's just an ongoing thing. But yeah, I have overcome and uh, have learned how to be able to speak through the disability. But it's still there. Yeah. Well, we it, and let me just say this, I, and I'm not saying this in a pandering way. We all have something. You and I were talking about yes. this. We all have a thing. You have a lot of things, unfortunately, but you've also got a lot of lessons to go with them because yes. you've been willing to embrace them. So we're going to dive in to your mom's story, Michelle okay. Cushat. There is a lot, as I said, a lot of lessons, yeah. a lot of pain. Um, but I share your story because I think every mom can learn from your mothering trials. Mm-hmm. So let's start with your mothering vision, the vision you had as a little girl yes. for what it was going to be like to be a mama. Well, I mean, all I ever wanted to be was a wife and mom. I mean, I was that girl who would, uh, in her spiral notebook at school, would dream about what, you know, my husband's name would be, what I would name my children someday. You know, that was my dream. I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to be married. I dreamed of making hot chocolate chip cookies for my kids in the afternoon. Like the whole kind of fairy tale image. That's what I wanted. I just, I loved children. I loved family. And I, at my deepest heart, wanted to be that kind of woman. And you wanted a big family, which you got, but but not (laughs) at all the way that you thought you were going to get it. But we'll get to that. Yes. So you had that mothering dream. And I think a lot of women have it. I actually didn't have it. Like God had to, to bring me to that place where I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to want babies. And it happened. And, and thankfully, it, it turned into a, a ministry for mothers. Mm-hmm. But, but I didn't know I would want children. You did know. Uh-huh. And you had that beautiful, idyllic dream. And right after you had your first baby and you had a husband, that Mm -hmm. dream was shattered. Completely shattered. So I was in full-time ministry with my husband. He was a pastor. I had just had a son, uh, our first child. And, uh, you know, without going into details that aren't entirely mine to share, uh, it was six days before Christmas when my son was one and a half. So, you know, I was still holding him on my hip. I'll never forget it. And I watched my husband drive away for the last time. And that moment, I became a former pastor's wife, single, divorced mom, trying to figure out how to be a single mom with the label of divorce, which I didn't even know what to do with as a woman who grew up with parents who were married for 46 years. You know, family was everything. What do I do? And I was in my 20s. So, I mean, like everything that I had dreamed of was derailed in that one moment. And he was the breadwinner, mostly. Oh, yeah. I was a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And you had this idyllic dream. It was shattered. And and I know you can't share about it, but the, the fact is he made the choice. He left you. He he drove away from you. He drove away, but there's it's more complicated yes, I know. than that. I know. As you can imagine, he drove away. But the point was that you know I had to realize that um, my dream of the marriage wasn't in line with his. Right. Um, so I want I want to get to that thing that you just said because I know a lot of moms who listen to us, mother mothers and grandmothers, have been through divorce, have have lived the single mom life, and you are you know, a God-fearing church woman. You love Mm -hmm. Jesus. And that was a different thing to navigate in that world. It was 1998. So it, and lived in the Midwest Bible Belt. So to get divorced in that time, so we're talking 25 years ago, was the worst thing that you could do as a Christian godly woman and as a pastor's wife. Like it was something where you felt like you had the scarlet D on you. You are now a divorced woman. Yeah. And on top of that, now my son, who was one and a half, was growing up in a broken home, quote unquote, broken home. 
And you had to, and and now you're going to deal with with judgment. I'm trying to find a quote because I want to read it because it's so profound. Um, you're now having to deal with feeling judged for being divorced, but uh-huh. now you're going to have to be a working mom. So people might judge mm-hmm. the fact that you're out of the home all the time and your child has to be in daycare. Like, what kind of a mom are you? Or you're not committed to raising your baby. It's a, and I'm not saying that working moms are not good moms because they're. I, I mm-hmm. totally believe that. But you can get that judgment from some sectors. And it was a different time 25 years ago. I yeah, mean, yeah, we've yeah. changed a lot. But yeah, I not to mention I felt like I had failed. So not only did I feel like I failed as a wife, I felt like I failed as a mom and was continuing to fail in the nature of the fact that I was dropping my son off at daycare at 630 in the morning and picking him up at six o'clock at night. I'm going to read something that you said in the book about being a single divorced mom. And this is what you said. There is this kind of assumption that if a marriage falls apart, you must not have been able to do something to save it. You still feel some culpability, even though somebody was making choices that I didn't agree with. This is what you said. I was still somehow not enough of a woman to save the relationship. In my mind, that was a failure on my part. And then you explain that these humiliating feelings follow single women everywhere where they feel like they're not enough. Yep. 100%. Yeah. It really really attacks you at your core sense of identity. Right? Yeah. And, And for me, I was 20, what, 27 at the time. Uh, core sense of identity at the very critical time as we're coming into, you know, I was a young adult woman mom with a little one, and now I'm going, gosh, who am I as a woman? Yeah. Okay, so you're feeling judged as a single mom. Tell me about, because I, I think I got sort of pampered. Um, and maybe it was just God was trying to woo me into motherhood <laughs> because I took my television career much more seriously than motherhood until I became a mom. And and so I, I think comparatively, and we're not supposed to compare, that I had it pretty easy and I had these idyllic days with my sweet baby and I got to stay home with him and all those other things, right? But you were like, Jenny, I, I just had to survive. survive. So I couldn't even be like, oh, my sweet cooing baby, love you so much, let's hang out. You just had to, to move on. So what was your view of motherhood early on? It was uh, complicated. Uh, let's be clear. I was in the middle even before uh, even before my husband left and I became a single mom. Things were hard even ahead of time. So motherhood came at, into my life at a time where I was already in the middle of so much trauma. Yeah. And so I had very little to give. I didn't realize it at the time. I can look back at that time now with hindsight and see that. But I was so broken and bleeding trying to nurture this brand new life and so it makes it hard to attach and to really feel the sweetness of that when you're surrounded by so much grief and loss absolutely absolutely i mourn for you because you didn't get to have that sweetness initially yeah um but but we've got about 11 or 12 minutes left and we've got to get a lot in because i want moms Mm -hmm. to understand the true trauma and pain you've been through and how you've come out the other side Eh. Sort of come out the other side. <laughs> Coming um, out of the other side. <laughs> right. So here you are, and, and you think the solution is I'm going to get married and I'm going to have a blended family. Yep. So you do that, and then there's trauma beyond that. But first, just for all the 16% of American families that are now blended families, mm-hmm. talk about that blended family thing. Well, it's so interesting because after losing my marriage and family, the thought was uh, I wanted to recapture that. Like I wanted a a second chance, a plan B that would help make up for what I didn't have the first time. So, you know, what better way to do that than to find somebody else who's divorced and has kids and bring uh, and create a blended family. The problem is, is the original blueprints for a family don't work in a blended family scenario. Right. And so I kept trying to force 
traditional family blueprints over the top of a blended family, and that just creates all kinds of missed expectations and disillusionment and disappointment and everything else. You end up becoming, (laughs) here I'm going to expose myself, quite the control freak. Because you're trying so hard to make it look like you want to look it to look like. Blended family is very simply, for us, my husband had two kids from a prior marriage, and I have one. You had five people that have significant bleeding wounds, and you're throwing them all into a house together. And all of them need something from the other, and nobody has the ability to give what's needed. Yeah. So you just end up with more people who are hurt. Because you throw it together, and if you've got that that idyllic image of family, you think, "All right, we're all going to come together. We're all going to be happy. We're all going to be happy. We're all going to love each other." And then you force people to be happy, and it doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> so you had rebellious teenagers. You had people moving out. Um, I think you potentially had drug use, just some some, some stuff. Lots right? of different things. Right. Um, you weren't using drugs. <laughs> you were not using drugs. But yeah, thank you for clarifying. Although there were days where I probably wished yes, I could. You did, you did. Right. Okay. Well, so let's let's move into that next place. You, you've gone through trauma. You've ha- you've been a single mom. Uh-huh. You've you've gone into a blended family, and then you get hit with cancer, cancer, cancer. It does not define you. You have had a beautiful victory, but you had cancer, cancer, cancer. Spend four or five minutes in that place okay. and what you learned. Yeah. Uh, well, we had just felt like we were getting over the hump of blended family. We were married about 10 years. And so we were starting to get into somewhat of a bonded family with our, our blended family. When on a Tuesday before Thanksgiving, I was 39. My boys had just gone to school. My husband getting ready to go for work. And a doctor called and said, Michelle, it's not good. And that day I found out I had squamous cell carcinoma of the tongue, which is cancer of the tongue. I didn't even know that existed. Right? You, weren't, you weren't a smoker. I'm you not an a smoker. I'm, I was doing half marathons, triathlons. I was healthy. It made no sense. I had no risk factors. But such is the way life happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. It happened anyway. Well, that initial diagnosis was cancer caught early. They did a surgery, removed it. So we put cancer on the shelf, never expected to see it again. Except the doctors were wrong. It came back again three years later and then came back a third time about eight months after that. The last time that I had it, and this is me telling the story fast, the cancer was much more aggressive in advance. They gave me about two weeks to get my affairs in order and uh, put me in the hospital, did a nine-hour surgery where they took out two-thirds of my tongue, um, cut open my neck about six to eight inches where they took out my submandibular gland, a bunch of lymph nodes, everything, blood vessels, cut open my arm and my leg to kind of rebuild the other parts that they had cut out. And uh, after a, a couple of days in the ICU, about a week in the hospital, they sent me home for four weeks to recover, at which point in time they started external and internal radiation and chemotherapy. And without going into detail, when you start shooting radiation at the face and the neck, uh, it is agonizing. It comes with significant consequences. By the time all of a sudden dead, I had a feeding tube for six months. I had a tracheostomy for almost two. Um, my vocal cords were so burned, I couldn't make a sound. Yeah, I make my living as a communicator. I train speakers. That's what I do. I do. I speak around the world. Couldn't even make a sound. Uh, had um, You were throwing up every day ev- throughout the day. Multiple times a day. I, I had to learn how to eat again, drink again, swallow, talk. All of that, had to, I had to go back to the beginning and learn how to do those things again. And you were a woman, and you felt like you had a mutilated body. And beauty, I'm not, <laughs> yes. I'm, not, I'm not kidding. You're not kidding. I still feel that way at times. I mean, my body 
is not the same. Yeah, because you were just kind of picked apart and rebuilt because you had yep. to rebuild this. And so you have wounds in your leg and your neck and your arm, just everywhere. Everywhere. And, and you want to be pretty. And yes. so you're dealing with that. You're dealing with agonizing pain. In the middle of all that, your daddy, you know, in that stage of you having cancer, your daddy <clears throat> dies of cancer. Pancreatic you're very, cancer. You're very close to him. Uh-huh. And you've adopted three children. Explain that. <laughs> yes. So uh, between the first and second diagnosis of cancer, we got a phone call from a relative that told us about three kids. At the time, they were four, four, and five, twins with one that's just nine months older. Um, Mom had a pattern of addiction, and so the question was asked of us, would you take them? It was us or foster care. Um, well, we kind of felt like my experience with trauma and what we had gone through had taught us how to be present with these little ones who woke up every day afraid. And so we said yes, and we went and picked them up. 24 hours later, we went and picked them up, brought them home, and started parenting all over again. Okay, and I want to explain to people. So they, you had the blended family with three boys. Yes. Then you find these children in trauma. You In the middle of your cancer diagnosis, yep. in between things, in between you go pick second. them up in another state, I believe, yep. bring them back. They're in trauma. They're going to rebel. They've you know, they rebel, and, and you've had to deal with that as a parent uh-huh. for years Be- for for obvious reasons. I mean, who can blame them in a way? Yeah. I mean, you'd totally. probably like to put them in a box and say, just be good, but it doesn't work that way. So you're dealing with all of that. It's just complex, and honestly, it's a lot of trauma in one household. Like, yes. I mean, the amount of wounds and wounded people in our house is <laughs> kind of mind-blowing. And so... You know, I'm still recovering from the trauma of cancer, not to mention I have it two more times. They're recovering from their own trauma, and we're just bumping into each other all the time. So all that chaos. I want to make sure, and we only have four minutes, so I want to make sure we get a couple, one big thing in, and then we're going to get to your mothering secret that you learned through all of this. Michelle Couchat, you were in a place of, of trauma and pain. At first it was fear. You've, you explained that mm-hmm. in the chapter. But the fear turned to you weren't afraid of anything. Like, you weren't afraid to die at all. You were only afraid of the pain. Yes. So you said, just take me. I'm not afraid of death anymore. You were initially afraid of death at your first cancer yes. diagnosis. But by the end, I, I no. just couldn't bear the thought of living. Because you were, you were in such agonizing yeah. pain. But you have said to me, don't want to go through it again. But, but the closeness that mm-hmm. you felt mm-hmm. to our suffering mm-hmm. servant, Jesus Christ, the way that he... The way that you understood him more and felt more love than you could ever feel by anything or anyone Mm -hmm. because of the suffering you went through. I want moms to hear that. This is what I didn't understand. So as a child of God, and then we'll flip it to mothering. As a child of God, I thought God was just about my obedience. He just wanted me to be a good kid. And so for that reason, I felt very afraid of him in many ways. Like I just needed to toe the line. But during the seasons, the extended seasons of my unrelenting suffering, I discovered for the first time, and this sounds like a paradox, but it's so true. I discovered for the first time to my toes the kindness of God the empathy of God, the compassion of God. And I realized that God cares more about me knowing him and connecting with my heart than just my obedience. In the pain, that, that's what In the pain. Because why? Because you understood. Because I started to realize that when God sent Jesus, the Emmanuel, the God with us, he was exiting a pain-free existence, taking on pain for one reason alone, because he loved us. It's the most beautiful story. It's incredible. There's no more The whole story of the gospel is the the story of God entering into the trauma of his children and doing everything that he can, everything within his power, giving everything that he had for the healing of their trauma. 
Yeah. Because he loves us. Yes. Amen. That's it. Amen. So tell us your mothering secret. Mothering secret is very simply, and I wrote this in the book and I'm going to unpack it, is to disciple your children. And this is what I mean. I don't mean just simply forcing them to memorize scriptures and to do Bible studies. I mean teach them about the kindness of God. Sometimes as moms, we get so caught in, up into trying to teach them rights and wrong, which is important. You know, teach them boundaries, teach them obedience, all that kind of stuff. But we miss teaching them about God's infinite, uncontainable love for them. And that's what I mean. Disciple them, not just to obey God, but to know how much he loves them. Amen. Disciple your babies. Hey, Jim, I wanted to, to do something. There it is. This is for you, my friend, because you deserve to walk the red carpet of life as a mother and all that you've learned. God bless you. I want to tell people that you've got a new book out there called A Faith That Will Not Fail um, and how to find you in the book. Yes, so the easiest place to find me is at my website, michellecachette.com. It's Michelle with one L, Cachette with two Ts. Uh, this new book is all about giving you practical, accessible practices to help your faith stay strong even when you're going through the darkest night which as moms this is what we do all the time right absolutely so you can find out more information about that there but i also highly recommend your book because we need to know that other moms struggle like we do that's absolutely true and that's why i'm telling the stories in the book the book is mom you're amazing two quick things i'm giving one away for mother's day weekend so just go and tell people you want it the people would be probably me and one other person. Uh, at info at channelmom.org. Info at channelmom.org. You can win the book. Also, I've got free audio out there for you. You can listen to me read the book to you at momyouramazing.com. Thank you for all you do as a mama, all you sacrifice, all you suffer through, all you're willing to do to raise the next generation. God bless you guys. Happy Mother's Day. Thanks for tuning in to Channel Mom. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks, Jenny. If Channel Mom radio and podcasts give your mom life a boost of encouragement, would you consider supporting us? In order to keep our broadcasts on the air and serve moms and kids on the ground, we need help from listeners like you. You can support us through a one-time donation or by signing up to be a monthly partner at an amount of your choice. Just go to channelmom.org and click donate at the top of the page. New monthly donors will receive a special gift package in the mail. While research shows moms are undervalued and families are struggling to stay together, Channel Mom works to lift up motherhood and add value to your family. We depend on donors like you to provide outreach to at-risk moms in prison and homeless shelters or dealing with single mothers. Our life-changing programs are over capacity, so your donation will help us serve more moms and kids. Be a part of the change you want to see from others and families. Visit channelmom.org and click donate. We thank you for your generous support, and may God bless you for coming alongside Channel Mom.